Welcome to The Goddess and the Medicine Woman with Melissa McHugh and Sydney Decker. In this episode, we talk with our guest, Luann Swagger, about shamanism, spiritual bypassing, and shifting our perception of meditation, about finding connection and relationships, and how important it is to remind one another of our holy purpose. Come on and join in the conversation. Hi, Sydney Decker. Hi, Melissa McHugh. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm really excited today. I, I know. So I am really I. Am. Every time we have a guest, I just get like, I'm so excited. Woo-wee. And I just can't hide it. That's, what, that's the song that's been in my head most of the morning. <laughs> just so. Yeah, because it's so fun to just talk to someone different and get the good vibes flowing and connecting because that's what we're all about, too. So feels good. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, before we um, do that, though, because I do want to talk about that. So I'm talking about this for several reasons, because I know some of my clients listen to this, listen to our podcast, which I'm so thankful for. And I talk a lot about Ayurveda and self-care and stuff. And we're going to cut. I feel like our conversation today is just going to be surrounded around spiritual self-care love like all those things anyway so I wanted to kind of bring this in specifically so I always encourage my clients to do what's called self-abiyanga or self-massage because it's something that's super supportive to your overall well-being and your overall health and just kind of helps with calm um keeps your body just like what's that word nimble is that a word nimble Nimble. yeah you're like flexible. I don't know. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, nimble. Exactly. Flexible, so, nimble. Yeah. It's just as cool. Um, but I really like this brand because one of my clients actually came to me and she was like, so I really love using the oil, but is there one that likes, because the, the oils I recommend are very like herbal smelling because it, it's real authentic oil. She's like, is there one that has like a better smell so I could like smell good throughout the day and stuff? And I said, yes, I found one. So, and I use it personally and that's all out. So I have to go get more, but it's called Herbal Therapy Soothing Touch Ayurveda. And it is their lavender calming blend and it's bath, body and massage oil. And I put this on my body every single day and it smells so amazing. And my skin is so soft and like supple and like all that. It's just, and then when I wear it, even during the day, I don't smell like super herbally. Like I actually will catch a like, of the lavender smell and I'm like calm it does calm you so for anyone who's interested and then we're gonna put a link right that's what we do yes Mm -hmm. we're gonna put a link it's herbal therapy soothing touch Ayurveda and it's their lavender calming and it smells really really good and I want to read the side of the bottle because this is one of the reasons why I wanted to peace to all life to all love to all so it's got good vibes and they also do have another one that's like a eucalyptus in it too. I haven't tried that one personally, but they have other options. So anyone who's interested and want to smell like lavender all day, check it out. Nice. I love to smell like lavender all day. (laughs) I do that a lot. I have essential oils and that's like the main one that I buy continuously. I have it going in my diffuser and also I always have the lavender. It's a good smell. It does. It calms you. It does. Very calming. Amazing. So I just want to put that in there today. Awesome. And, you know, I also wanted to give a shout out to all of the listeners that we have now, too, because I'm so grateful for all the people that are listening now, getting such great feedback. We have over 300 downloads now, and 
that is super exciting for us because we were just like, oh yeah, we're just going to start talking on this podcast. And we weren't really worried about that. But you know, when we, I look every day and I'm just like, whoa, this is so awesome. There's so many people getting something from this. And that just makes me feel so happy, happy and excited and joyful and grateful. Um, and I just wanted to let everybody know too, if you have any ideas that stuff that you want to hear us talk about, you know, just let us know that too. I would love to get any input um, in that direction of what people are really wanting to hear us talk about, you know, and they could just go in and email us. Um, I always put the email uh, links in all of the show notes. So that's where you'll find that. But yeah, I just want to give a shout out to everybody and say thank you so much for showing up. Yeah, I agree. Thank you everyone for showing up and listening. And it's been an honor and I just am grateful too. And to have all the new people that we're going to get going on here and everything. And we have an amazing person. I'm going to tell everyone. I stayed up stalking her last night. So I have a lot of really great questions. Because <laughs> that's just how it went down. <laughs> Yay. So, um, do you have anything? Do we want to? I want to introduce her. Are we good? Yeah, I'm going to introduce. I have a, a little. Yes. Um, yeah, read her. Yes. That I want to tell everybody about uh, who this amazing human being is. Um, and also, you know, this is our third um, guest that we've had on our show. And man, we have been so lucky with that, too. We've had some amazing people so far on this podcast. You know, so if anybody uh, wants to go back and listen to the other two um, guests that we've had, uh, we've had some super amazing uh, women so far. So, yeah, do that if you get a chance. And so, yeah, our um, our guest today her name is Luann Swagger, and she is an intuitive yoga and meditation instructor um, who is registered with the Yoga Alliance. She's a therapeutic body practitioner and energy worker, um, and she's been teaching for the last decade uh, out in Pittsburgh, in Ohio, in West Virginia. Um, and she studied under some really cool um, uh, teachers and has some really interesting mentors uh, some of her teachers, Judith uh, Lassiter, if I'm saying these right, I hope I am, um, Biff Mithoffer, and um, her uh, mentor, L.A. Finfinger. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'm saying all those right. She can let us know um, when she gets on here. And she's a founding member of the Radiance Sutras School of Meditation. And she says that she seeks to uplift humanity through yoga, meditation, art, and body work. So welcome, Luann. Thank you. Um, what an introduction. So thank you so much. Um, I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. We are so happy to have you. And I have to say, I love that oil that you talked about. Um, they have a sandalwood. Oh, nice. And I used to buy it at Whole Foods. I'm unsure where you, where you picked it up. Um, so yeah, I used to see it at Whole Foods too, but I actually got this one recently from the East End Food Co-op. Okay. Yeah, they have the lavender one there, and then they have the eucalyptus one. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. So thanks for that reminder. You're welcome. Yeah, I need to make my body oily. 
Yes. <laughs> especially nowadays, like especially now with the fall season and the winter coming up, it's like super helpful to keep your body oiled because this time of year dries us out. So for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you know about it too. So that makes me feel good that other people know about it. But I just want to say um, thank you for showing up and thank you for coming on here. I have known you for a little bit and I wanted to kind of give a shout out to Amy McCormick for introducing us because that's how we got connected years ago when I first even started my journey as a practitioner in anything and I was going out to East Liverpool, Ohio and that's where you were there and we just had some um, really cool connections when we first met just some talks and different things and um, like doing some yoga with Amy and I just always, we never really got to be able to talk, but I always wanted to, because you do so many cool things. And um, I think at that time you were doing something with like drumming. Were you doing like drumming in around then? Yeah, I can remember the last time that I saw you, I believe we had a conversation about shamanism and Dr. Pepper. Yes. And I was doing the restorative yoga classes with like shamanic drumming in the end and shavasana yes a quick conversation about that and you had said that you were I don't know if you were currently like reading something shamanic or you know that was something that you were interested in at the time yep and then I think that's where we left it yes because I was I was reading this book back then as, as I remember too it was before I even moved to this the other place in that place um, I was reading this book, it's called like The Marriage Basket or something about the shaman. And I was getting into shamanism and I know that you've been into that before. And did you actually study with a shaman or did you just kind of meet different shamans? Uh, so, and uh, it's interesting to hear how you connected with Amy because that's also, I have a very similar story around that. Um, when I connected with Amy, it was the beginning of my journey as well. And I wouldn't say the beginning, but when I really started to dive deep into different spiritual practices. Um, and at that time, I started reading shamanic books. Um, one in particular called The Earth Keepers Ooh. Uh, by uh, Dr. Alberto Veloto. Um, and once I like... I guess, started on this path and consciously said yes to it. I started to experience all of these synchronicities. And I wouldn't say that I like studied under a shaman, but like I put Alberto Veloto on a vision board once. <laughs> like I literally like kind of didn't know what I was doing. I cut him out of an Omega catalog. I put him on a vision board. And wouldn't you know that like, I don't even know how many months later I'm in New York studying energy medicine with uh, Donna Eden and I'm walking in a field and there is the man and he's like walking towards me. Wow. Which I believe that any small encounter that we have with anyone, right, can be significant and there's an exchange of energy. So to me, that was like validation of just those certain types of practices, right? Like a vision board. Yes. Um, and then that happened again years later. Also, um, at Omega, there he is again. He's eating with his wife, Marcella, in the cafe. And I ran into him. Um, and he was doing a shaman school there. And I was actually taking a yin yoga teacher training. 
And in the evening, there was a fire and I went and sat around the fire and the shamans were there and they read me my first rite, it's called. I guess you have so many rites given to you. Um, and then <laughs> I have one more crazy synchronicity about shamanism. Uh, I was attending this workshop kind of revival in New York um, and I took a shamanic journeying class with this man named Dr. Pepper. It was the first time I had met him. He was a psychologist that did shamanic work. I love his name, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> well, exactly. And his first, his first name is Harry Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Super funny. You can't make this shit up, right? Yeah, like, right. Uh, he's, he's actually an amazing, he's an amazing human. Um, so I met him, connected with him, took his workshop. And this is, this is probably one of the most craziest synchronicities of my life. So, okay, back up a couple weeks before I went to that workshop in New York and met him, I had started to do my own research on shamanism and maybe going to South America to do some kind of plant medicine ceremony. Um, and I was just doing research. I wasn't anywhere in my life even close to being able to do that. But the first thing that popped up was the Blue Morpho, which is a place in South America where you can go and do an ayahuasca journey. Is and, it called Blue Morpho? Mm -hmm, it's called Blue Morpho. And the owner of that or the creator of that is a shaman named Hamilton Souther. And he's actually from the States, but his story is pretty significant. He left the States, went into the jungle, stayed in the jungle for years, learning from the elders. Um, and he created the Blue Morpho while he was there. So, okay. So now let me kind of speed up to me being in New York, taking this workshop from Dr. Pepper. And I meet him, I connect with him, we exchanged phone numbers. Maybe a week after I get back from that workshop in New York, I get a, a, a message from him inviting me to Ohio to some shamanic journey. And, you know, I had just met him. So I, at first, you know, I thought, I don't know about that. I don't know about you know, driving a few hours away to sit with people I don't know, and I don't know what that's going to entail. But like everything in my being told me, yes, you should go. So I went. And I remember driving, you know, to Ohio, and he said that he would meet me at like this cafe, um, that some of the people that were going to attend the ceremony, were going to all meet at the cafe. And wouldn't you know that freaking Hamilton Souther was there? That is who, that is who conducted the, the ceremony. My first what? ever. Yes. Like that, that is, is synchronicity right there. I can't even, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> when I, sometimes when I think about that or retell that story, it puts me back in that frequency or energy, but yeah, that's one of the most wildest synchronicities of my life. I'm still trying to make sense of that. Yeah, um, so that is, oh, I, no, I just going to ask, did you go and you did the journey? So, yeah. So like, you know, your question was, what was my experience with shamanism or did I have teachers? 
So I would say that the universe definitely gave me teachers, not in the way that maybe we think of teachers, right? Like finding a teacher and taking classes or having sessions, but you know, the source right there in front of me, I mean, how, how much clearer can it get that that was a path that I was supposed to explore? Um, it wasn't ayahuasca that we did. He, he actually had some, I think like marijuana medicine. So we all did that, partaked in that. And then he, he sang these beautiful enchanting Peruvian chants. Um, and they had rented a space for the ceremony to happen. Um, and that was life-changing for me. That was just being in his energy, um, was super powerful. I remember coming home from that experience and making like very swift changes in my life that I had been thinking about making, but you know, I wasn't there. Um, like quitting a job that I needed to quit. And ever since then, you know, that's been a part of, I guess, my spiritual toolbox, different shamanic practices. Um, but I've never, you know, like I said, studied under a teacher. Um, but maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> but I think that that's just, man, when you said that, I was just like struck by how we sometimes think that we need to go out and get a teacher and we need to find someone to sit in front of who has all the knowledge. But look at what all of that taught you and how quickly you changed your life just from all of that happening, the synchronicities and the manifestation. And basically, you utilized their energy, yes, but noticing that you were your own teacher during all of that. You know, you you didn't need someone to tell you what to do. You were looking and listening to life as it was unfolding. And then you were taking from that as the learning experience and putting it into practice and action steps after, you know, you came back from that. So to me, that's the kind of teaching that I love. Mm -hmm. Yes. And thank you for that. It, that felt like to hear that perception, you know, is validation that yes, at times, yes, we need teachers, but maybe they're going to show up in ways that we don't expect or in a traditional sense. Um, also, another thing that I wanted to point out too in regards to the teacher thing that I think you're bringing a really good point is the fact that the universe is our teacher. You know, like it took you on these little journeys to meet these people. You decided, you know, I want to meet this person. So you did the vision board, you know, but the whole journey of it was the universe was taking you on a, its own journey. That was the shamanic journey. When I was listening to that story really was you deciding something and then the universe being like, let's have fun with this. Let's go here. Guess what? You met this guy. You didn't think you wanted all of a sudden here you are two hours in Ohio. You weren't sure about it, but something told you to go. And then there's the guy and he, you're doing yeah. a journey with him. And that to me is like, the universe was your teacher. And I think that's what we should all kind of recognize how the universe is teaching us and playing with us and guiding us and encouraging us. So I love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to say to open up to that is one of the biggest lessons that we can learn from that whole story 
is to be open to it. And when we notice it, not be like, well, I don't know. I'm kind of scared and nervous about this and I'm not sure, but just be like, you know what? This feels right. And just to allow the universe to take us on that journey. Yes. And I believe that like when we are in that flow um, of listening to that, you know, voice, whatever it is, or maybe it's not even a voice. It's like that nudge or that feeling that we get in our core, you know, things happen effortlessly when we can be in that flow of like, I always say like, it's the law of least effort. It's one of like Deepak Chopra's seven spiritual laws of success. Like when we can allow ourselves to listen to those nudges, um, or like you said, Sydney, the prayer or the blessing in the beginning, um, of getting out of our head and into our heart because that's our heart space is when we're you know just really going with our feelings in our body and we're not in our mind space of because I could have talked myself out of that easily right like oh I'm a single woman I don't know who these men are blah 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 um, and there's a time and place for that you know but I feel like that is on overdrive and that gets us out of that or can get us out of that flow yeah. And I also think that it's really cool that we're talking to you today, too, because I feel like a lot of our listeners are people who are starting the journey, you know, are starting to get on their path and what feels good to them. And I really like the part where when because that, that was synchronicity to me when we both said I was getting on my path and you were like, and I was getting on my path. And we met at the time that we were getting on our paths in a different, in a more serious way. Because I feel like me and you are, are, and everyone here, Melissa included, we're all spiritual in some way. And we've always been that way. We've always been drawn to that. But we tried to play the character of, I'm a normal person, you know? And then we really had this moment in our lives where, okay, I'm going to take this journey. I'm going to step onto this spirit path and see where that goes. So I would like to kind of hear about that. I know you said like you met these people and you did the vision board, but what was it that really made you decide this is me? I'm going to follow this calling. Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, a lot to unpack <laughs> around that. Uh, so let me kind of like back up to like 16 year old me. Um, yeah. My my mother and her friend took me to see Deepak Chopra speak when I was 16. And, you know, like this wild, rebellious teenager, um, maybe like connected to some of the things in the spiritual realm, but not really. Uh, and the talk was on synchronicity. That's he gave a talk on synchronicity. And I can remember just sitting there and not knowing really what he was talking about, but also like really picking up on him saying to pay attention to the signs. Um, you know, the universe will show you, it'll guide you, it'll show you signs. Um, and then kind of fast forward to here now 42 year old me and throughout my life at different times when I can, like I said, tap into that or really be in that without judging myself or the fear of being too weird or, oh my gosh, what are people going to say? You know, magic has happened in my life. And in between those times is probably when I'm trying to be that more normal person, right? Like, oh, am I going to lose students if I admit to this? Or 
if I share this part of myself, um, and I'm still very much learning how to be who I am and share my story without the fear of being criticized or, you know what, so what if someone doesn't like me for sharing that part of who I am? Um, so I feel like it's a, it's a constant, it's a constant journey of learning and unlearning. And I always imagine myself like on this horse with my medicine bags. And at times I fall completely off the horse and it feels like my medicine is so far within reach. And I'm like, I don't want to hear one more fucking thing spiritual. <laughs> I don't want, to, I don't want to, you know, someone to tell me namaste. Like, yep. no, I kind of like the last episode where you were saying, Sydney, that you were done. Like, you know, like that's sometimes even how I feel on the spiritual path. Like I'm done. I don't want to look for one more sign or lesson. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's an ongoing process of different practices, paying attention, um, admitting when maybe I'm wrong or admitting my triggers and knowing that it's ever evolving. Yeah. And I love that too, that you brought that up because I feel like a lot of people think when you're on the spiritual path, rainbows, butterflies, magical unicorns, we're so happy. Yay, yay, yay. Namaste. And it's like, no, <laughs> I, I'm like that too. Cause like, there's sometimes where like people will be like, well, just be spiritual, just be positive. I'm fucking not right now. So I'm not going to be positive about that. I'm going to feel how I feel about it. And just kind of like, that is spiritual though. That is being real. That is being true. That's being honoring the energy that's moving through you and stuff. So I am right there with you. And I love that you made that point because that is that connection between we are spiritual beings still having a human experience. And there's still times when the universe is saying, here's this lesson, here's this lesson, here's this lesson. I'm saying, I need to go to lunch. I need a lunch recess break, please. You know, like, I just want to take a second. And I love that you brought that up because I, I, I think we all, cause we all work as healers here, um, struggle with that too, of that piece of, am I going to lose clients? If I show my authentic self in this way, if I show my human self, like Saturday, I was kind of sad and I saw some of my clients and I'm someone who doesn't hide my feelings anymore. And they could tell that I was sad. And I was like, yes, I'm sad. And they showed up for me in a way that was super healing and wonderful. And I mean, I was still able to do what I needed to do, but I was, I used to be so afraid if I showed up in my humanness to my clients that they would run away. And so I love that you also brought that up because I struggle with that too. So how do, have you handled that? Cause like you've been doing this longer than me. So I would love to hear your, I mean, I'm sure it's a challenge, but I'd love to hear some of your feedback. Yes. And I, I love that. And I think it's important that we remind each other continuously, like the people that we do have in our lives that are on this path and, you know, attempt to connect the dots. Like we have to re remind each other of our holy purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, like Amy to me is very motherly and sisterly. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I don't know if she plays kind of that same role in your life, Sydney, but um, yeah, just like keeping each other in check and showing up, you know, not being able to, you know, like, I love that you said that you were sad. I think that the more that we do it, the more we're going to normalize it. Like, no, mm -hmm. I'm not joyous today. 
you know, I'm sad and I'm allowed to feel this sadness or I'm angry about this. Like I'm angry about this injustice, injustice that I see. Um, and that I need to feel that anger in order to alchemize it or turn it into something, to something pretty. Like if you want me to turn this into something, you know, beautiful, then I need to feel it in order to transform it. Yes. Yeah. And that's a beautiful point. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like we have a lot of positive toxicity or spiritual bypassing. Uh, yes. In yep, this that's world. a really good point. I never heard it that way. Positive toxicity. Cause that too can be toxic actually. Mm-hmm. Well, I, Melissa, you speak on this because you also have said that too, where sometimes when people are like, well, why don't we just see this? And remember that well voice that, that comes in and that you said that you've been talking with your clients about who try to like positive bypass. Didn't you say you had something like that? Probably. (laughs) I think that happens with a lot of people that it's that whole thing of where we believe that if we're on some sort of spiritual journey that we have to stay positive and that we're not allowed to go to the dark places and all of that. And, you know, people talk about that spiritual bypassing where you're like, no, I meditate now and then I live here in this cave and that's what I do is I meditate. And I never come back down into, you know, the realm of the human being because that's not spiritual. And I'm always happy and joyful and say positive affirmations and all of the positive, positive. And then it makes the people that, you know, aren't there because nobody's there. Nobody's ever there. There are people that are pretending to be there. It makes them feel like crap about themselves. It's like, then why do I feel this anger? And why am I always feeling sad? And why do I want to throat punch somebody today, even though I'm on my spiritual journey and I meditate, you know, five days a week. And so there's something wrong with me. And I'm always like, no, no, there is nothing wrong with you. You're a human. When we pretend that we're not human beings, that we put on this, you know, cloak of, you know, here I am on the top of the mountain, you know, and we're singing our stuff and, you know, never coming back down the other side, which is the issue. It's like, that's, that's what I found was, was the journey is I'm going along as a human and here I am up at the top and I'm pretending to be the spiritual being. And then as I progress, I notice oh, I'm just pretending I'm up here as this, you know, spiritual whatever. And it doesn't feel right because I still have these, these feelings that I'm trying to push away, push away and be this, you know, all compassion, no matter what anybody does to me, I'm going to show up compassionately and kind and, you know, but you're making me feel like crap, but no, I'm compassionate. So I can't say anything to you. And then finally you realize, no, that's not what it's truly about. And then something clicks. Yes. So I have a, a, I have an amazing therapist and she constantly reminds me that the most loving and compassionate people are the ones with the strictest boundaries. Ooh. So that's what you made me think of when you were talking about that. And also I was thinking that you know, in order for us to really experience joy, like the full capacity of joy, 
you know, we have to know what those opposite emotions are, or, you know, life really? is paradox. So we have to keep normalizing it, right? And have friends or wise, wise people in our circle to keep us in check. And to, you know, normalize the shadow side that we have to experience this darkness. And it's not just a one type type or a one time thing, at least not for me, like a lot of people have um, what is it called? Like the night of the soul. They, dark they night of the soul. yeah, the dark night of the soul. I feel like we rebirth many times in this lifetime, like mm -hmm. not just once. I mean, you know, you might look back at your life and you might see there were, Oh, like, I don't know. I had like three rebirths, you know, mm -hmm. um, where I really came out of that experience, a completely different person, a new part of my brain lit up. You know, there's new neural pathways happening um, and we just have to keep talking about it, right? Like we have to normalize the conversation. Oh my gosh. I think I, oh, so sorry. But um, I think that I had July to now, I've had three different lives. Just from July of this year to November of this year, I like every month was something different. And like when I even look back at how I looked in July, versus how I look now, physically, I am different. So I think that that is it. We are constantly renewing ourselves. And if we take the time to actually do it, we can transform our lives pretty quickly nowadays that I'm noticing. If we really start to get authentically truthful and honest with, like you said, that shadow side and alchemize it. And I love that you said that because a lot of times people will get this feeling, right? And it's like this dark feeling, let's say it's grief. And they're like, okay, here's grief. I never was taught what to do with this. I don't know. I'm going to bury it within myself again. But no, you take, whenever it presents itself, you take it, you see what it is, and then you transition it into something else. And then that frees you to another level. And I love, and that's what alchemy is. That is what it is. And we actually do have the power to do that, to transform our dark energy into light energy. We have that power. And I love that we're talking about this today because it's coming in a way that I think people can start to understand what we really mean. Mm -hmm. Melissa, did you want to say something? Um, yeah, it was, I think, on a different point about how we, like she said, need to have those people in our circle and that's why Sydney and I are always saying this to one another, that we're so happy that we have one another in our lives because we have a true, authentic um, uh, relationship. And we know that our responsibilities to each other are to not just be like, oh, it's fine, whatever you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's great. And we're not yes men. You know, I don't want to surround myself with yes men. People that are always in agreement with me. I'm very suspicious of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want people that are being like, uh, yeah, what? No, <laughs> that's not okay. And you need to check yourself with that because I don't believe that that's true about whatever it is you just said. And I'm just like, huh. Then I'll think about it. I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right. And I needed to hear that. And it's okay not to get, you know, reactive or mad at people that are in your circle that are, are calling you out. And that's what we definitely need to do for one another is call each other out. Yeah. And that, that's a really good point. And I think it's hard to do, right? Mm -hmm. But like every time we call someone else out, we strengthen 
those muscles and we can do it with loving kindness. You know, we're not mean spirited. Um, but yeah, the more we do it, we're going to continue to strengthen that muscle. Yeah. So I kind of want to just ask a few questions to you that I, yeah. <laughs> um, cause this is a really great talk and I could see us all talking for like three hours. So, <laughs> Um, so one thing that came up for me that I saw that I wanted to kind of ask is like, cause what is it like an, what is this new meditation type thing that you're doing? And it's like an intuitive thing you said. And then I really kind of want to hear about, cause what type of, how you bring that into your body work? Like what, can you explain that a little bit? Cause I haven't seen the intuitive, is it intrinsic or what is it called? Um, it's called it's instinctive instinctive so there is a great book if I had it around me I'd grab it um I highly recommend it it's called the radiant sutras the radiant Sutras, and it's it's by Dr. Lauren Roche um who he's a psychologist he's living in California um he's the creator of the instinctive meditation school he's the founder and I took, like during the pandemic, I took his instinctive meditation teacher training, um, the very first one. And then after that training, decided to become a founding member so that he's a lifelong teacher of mine. Um, and about the meditation itself is it's this idea that, you know, I think a lot of people still in our culture, when they think of meditation, they imagine someone sitting in a a lotus position, right? In a cross-legged position with their back, you know, straight as can be and, you know, closing their eyes and meditating in silence for, for a long time. Um, and this idea of in, instinctual meditation is that, you know, a lot of us cannot do that. First off, a lot of us can't even sit in a lotus position. Like our, the, you know, meditation has been passed down through ancient times, kind of as this monastic practice, right? Like you would imagine someone sitting in a lotus position on top of a mountain without distractions, right? Like meditating for a long time in silence when that is not our reality, right? Like we are humans. We do have attachments. We do have desires. And so it kind of breaks this idea up that our meditation has to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, and when you ask, you know, anyone a couple questions, you kind of learn that they are meditating anyway, instinctively throughout the day. Um, they're just not calling it that, right? Mm -hmm. It's anytime their, their, their mind is so captivated or they feel this intimacy with life that they can't explain. Um, you know, that's their meditation. So there's a lot of different scripts, like him being a psychologist, he he calls it a lot. There are many doorways into a meditative state. Um, so we learned a lot of different scripts um, based on kind of the read that we would get from that type of person. Um, maybe what meditation would fit their lifestyle best. Um, and an idea, and it's also an idea that your meditation practice can be different every day, right? Like, um, I actually did learn TM. Uh, I did find a teacher back in my like early years of like first becoming a yoga teacher. Will you just explain, will you just say like transcendental, transit, yeah, like, transcendental meditation? Yeah. That's what TM just for people who don't maybe not know. 
Oh, yes. And that is, it's a more disciplined practice, right? Uh, where you find a teacher that um, has studied at the Maharishi Institute. Mm -hmm. um, based on your physiology, they give you a, a mantra that you sit with every day for 40 minutes. Yep. And it's, it's powerful. Let me tell you, it did, it changed my life when I started practicing it. Um, but as time grew on, I mean, my discipline with that practice kind of faded, right? It, for whatever reason. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's kind of why Dr. Uh, Roche created this instinctual meditation, because he himself was a TMer. He actually studied with Maharishi. He was part of all those experiments in the 60s, wow. um, like with the Beatles. And he just... Yeah. And so he learned, you know, like throughout his, his life experience that that particular practice, yeah, it's, it's wonderful and it, it, it does work. Um, but it's, it's not accessible to everyone and there are different ways that people can meditate. So that's what in, instinctive meditation is. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> I know it's like echo the whole time. I'm just like, you know why? Because I instinctively teach that to my clients. I just, you know, especially because I had a couple of teenagers come up. Teenagers are not going to sit there for even 10 minutes, probably a day and meditate. They're just not, but they really wanted some sort of practice like that. And I was like, look, we could teach all different types of ways. It's like, do you play sports? Do you play music? Do you do all these different things? What do you already do? You know, are you doing the dishes? Let's use the dishes as your meditation. And, and they were like so happy to hear me say that because they were like, oh, my God, I can actually do these things and not be bored and sit there, you know, because we would do a couple of meditations sometimes. And I'd look and they'd have like one eye open looking around, you know what I mean? It's like you know, they're, they're not going to sit there and do it. They're just not. So it's like, what can we do to help people? you know, have these experiences that are not, like you said, sitting for 40 minutes on top of a mountain. I think it's so beautiful that people are actually teaching that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I do too. I think it's, it's like, it's groundbreaking when you think of it. Um, another, I would say like myth that we dismiss is that, you know, quiet your thoughts or I'm, I'm sure. And, and I say this still, I have to catch myself because I, you know, we'll be guiding a class and sometimes we'll say, oh, you know, thoughts quiet or let the thoughts quiet. And we mean well by saying that, but our brain is doing its job, right? Like when, when we're going to intentionally get still, our brain is working. We're going to have thoughts. We're going to, you know, role play our day. We're going to have a lot of maybe past memories come in or we might be future focused. And if we can even normalize that, which is what we try to do in instinctive meditation, then you're accepting all of your thoughts and then you're allowing whatever practice that you choose, you know, to, to coexist with the mind and with the thoughts. So I, I think that it's, yeah, it's new, it's exciting. Um, I love teaching it. Um, I have a couple favorite scripts um, that, I, that are like my go-tos. And yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. That's amazing. And that kind of reminds me because throughout this podcast, we've talked about creating an anchor. 
for yourself. And it seems like that's what that's helping you do. Because like you said, and I tell my clients, because some of my clients are like, I'm never going to get my thoughts to stop. And I said, yeah, you're right. You're not. Mine don't. But what I've done is I've created an anchor for myself. So I tap and I spend time tapping into that daily and just getting quiet for myself just because I'm super sensitive energy. I need silence or else like I can just like feel this, like, like I just get overwhelmed. So I do, I am a person who needs to sit in silence, but it took me a really long time to get there. I used to have to do walking meditations, writing meditations, journaling meditations, different things like that, because I didn't sit with myself before. So when I did, that's really like, you're giving yourself permission to hear yourself. It's like, wait, this, you're finally sitting. I have this to say, this to say, this to say, remember when this happened, remember how that happened. Remember, we didn't like this. Remember that we're still kind of sad about this. And then it it's overwhelming for people. So that's why some of those other pieces of working that energy out is going to be helpful. But ultimately you're helping people create that anchor. So now when, even when I do sit in silence and I have a thought come in, I'm like, next swipe, you know, like, cause I don't want to hold that thought. And then a thought will come in that I do want to hold and kind of see what that brings, what feelings that brings to me. And I'm like, oh, maybe I can manifest this. Maybe I should think about this. You know what I mean? And it creates like that solid anchor to be able to sift through the thoughts while they come in. And that took me forever to recognize. And it does. It, and that's what I want listeners and people who are hearing this conversation to know. It's a practice. Mm-hmm. it's all a practice and no one's going to be perfect at it. And even the Dalai Lama himself, he wakes up every day and he uses it as a practice to begin again. He himself, you know, cause I, I had a client who told me the same thing. Like they couldn't sit, they had so much going on, but they always do their meditation anyways. And I said, do you do your meditation every day? Or is it just another thing to get done off your to-do list? Because if it's just another thing to get done, then you're not doing it. So I, I, cause he's been going through a lot of stuff. And so I encouraged him to, why don't you re step into your practice as if you're doing it for the first time ever again? Cause that's what I started to do with my own because instinctively, I love this, that you are doing this instinctively. Cause I used to just, it, used, it started to get to a point where it's just, yep, I'm doing my practice sitting here 10 minutes. Yep. 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 Let's get it. Cool. I meditated and I didn't. Then I had to start sitting there again and being like, okay, this is my first time again. I'm beginning again. And that's when that core anchor shows up. Hmm. I love that. I love it. I mean, and that's wise. And that's like you said, that's, you know, you doing what you need to do intuitively, you know, like journaling or going for a walk or for me, it's dancing, right? Like, so at times, like, oh, that's what I need at this time in my journey. So that's awesome that you, you've been doing it all along. Same with you, Melissa. I feel like when we, we all have really. And so then too, like when you let someone know that it's like, wow, like, yeah, like you really, you know, what is it that you do in the day where, you know, you're, you're feeling like intimate with life in some way. And some people will say it's when I'm having like a cup of coffee in the morning or I step outside and well, that's it right there. That's your practice, you know, or walking the dog or whatever, whatever that is. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so another question I have for you, because I want one are your shirts. 
Aww. Or apparel. Like I literally, it's called, I'll tell everyone because they're not going to see because it's a podcast, but you should go check them out because I want one. It's called the Rolling Ohms. So it's cut instead of the Rolling Stones and it's got the everything, <laughs> but it's the Rolling Ohms. So what's up with, like, how did that happen? So, oh yeah. And that's, that's something that's new and exciting that's evolving and unfolding in its own time, timing, I should say. Um, that is my husband and I really wanting to collaborate um, spiritually and trusting that like organic process. So he's had that t-shirt idea for a while. And, you know, recently the universe kind of gave us this opportunity to do this mind, body, soul expo. And, you know, he like created that t-shirt. We had them printed at a local printer and that was the birth of that. Um, so yeah, they're, they're super cute. My husband is an amazing artist. Um, and we were actually supposed to do a retreat together during the pandemic um, in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. It was a meditation and creative retreat um, that unfortunately we had to cancel. You know, so he and I are always having like these conversations of how we can work together or, you know, like visualizing this life of working together. So like our t-shirts and his art prints are part of that, like under the name um, Yoga and Touch. Yeah. So can, yeah. So people can get the the t-shirts or like even like his art prints um from the website. Yeah, I know. I saw that yesterday and like last night and I was like I love this t-shirt. And I'm like whatever you guys else do, I think that's a really cool I way of like bringing spirituality to a, the fashion and like the combination that you're working with your husband. So it's got a masculine feminine vibe. It's creating a unity and like that type of thing too, that I love. So what is, how has that been for you? Cause it's like you said, it's, you're finding this. I'm only asking because I would love in my life to find a cool masculine that I can create stuff with. So I just want to ask you how that experience is. Cause I, men and women are different and it's a spiritual thing. And yeah, your stuff, your creativity, and he has his art. So, yes, um, yes, he is a he is one of the, the biggest blessings, and I, I'd love to say he is my miracle. Um, I'm so grateful for him every day. Um, it, that is, like I said, it's kind of an an ever evolving process. Um, when I met Eric, it was one of those big synchronicities. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I met him in New York. Um, I had attended a, actually, I had attended a plant medicine ceremony the night before. Um, and then I was invited to New York to a festival. <clears throat> and I was unsure if I was going to go. I kind of rolled solo, but I ended up going. And <clears throat> I, you know, was there with myself. I was enjoying the music. And the next morning, I attended a Buddhist meditation that was in a tent by this lake and I sat there uh, you know during the meditation the, the guided meditation and at the end of the meditation the teacher said does anyone have any questions and I could hear and feel this man behind me and he had a question if you know my husband he he always has questions <laughs> um so he he was behind me and he asked a question and immediately Immediately, I knew based on his question 
that he was also from Pittsburgh. Like we were in New York, that he was also from Pittsburgh and that he had the same TM teacher that I had. What? Yeah. We got a cup of coffee. We had like, it was, I don't know. We sat there and had just a heart opening conversation that, you know, and we've been together ever since. Um, But that took a lot of learning and trusting and, you know, and it's, it doesn't come without its challenges. It's a, I, I feel like when you have someone who is spiritual and who has done their work, um, it's so great to call each other out on our triggers or activations. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's work and we, it's, it's kind of funny because when we were working over planning the retreat, that was the first time, like we had actually like worked together. Um, and I learned very quickly that, oh my gosh, he drives me crazy. I can't like the way that he does things, you know, it's not, (laughs) I'm very Vata. So very airy, fairy, you know, I can start one thing, then go and do the next and I'm okay in that world, but he's very much writes lists and has to, you know, follow the lists and things have to be organized or, um, so it was fun when we planned the retreat. And then when that was, uh, when we had to cancel, we knew that we still wanted to work together, but both, we both trusted just the natural process of the universe. Like we both have been, you know, I guess at this kind of work for a while that you learn to even trust, even in the times of uncertainty, that something is going to, you know, something's going to open up or an opportunity will happen or, you know, an opportunity will present itself that will allow, like that allowed us to work together. So that was like super cool. Um, cool. So are you planning on um, doing the retreat again in the future or is that something that's still on hold for you? uh, We definitely want to. Yes. Um, And I do feel that we will probably have something in the States opposed to, you know, um, something and, you know, another country um, will start here and we don't know when that's going to happen. Like I said, we will, trust the unfolding of that. He recently started to teach some meditative art classes and some other art classes. Uh, and we signed up to do another mind body soul expo, um, next year. So we are working together like in that fashion. Love that. That's so Mm -hmm. cool. Um, so I wanted to just give you an opportunity to, to like, let people know where to find you and what you are doing currently. Like what classes you're doing and that type of thing. So I definitely want people to know how, I mean, especially people, I think this is really important conversation too, because um, I mean, I could send some clients who maybe want to know about the instinctive, am I saying that right? Meditation, mm-hmm. because I do have clients that that would probably really benefit. So I would just like to hear about what you're doing. Yes. So currently I'm teaching um, a Monday night class. It's called rest and renew. And it's a little bit of movement mixed in with some more restorative uh, postures where I do use my instinctive meditation. So usually I'll guide a meditation in Shavasana, like an extended Shavasana. So that's a live class that I teach weekly um, at Amara in Brookline. That's in the South Hills of the city. And then I'm also teaching yoga nidra workshops, and then, of course, have private sessions on Zoom. So 
Okay. Yeah, people can contact me through my email or my phone number, whatever is easiest for them. Okay, and we'll put out, we'll put, what, should we put your email out for people? Because I don't want to just put your yeah. phone number. Yeah. yeah, okay. We'll put your email <laughs> out so that way. Because I think maybe some people like the Zoom virtual stuff would be really cool to have, like for the meditation and stuff and help people get on that path. So yeah. I think that's really amazing. And I think I'm going to have you come back too and like talk about some other things because like the plant medicine and everything, I really would love for you to share some of that eventually as well. Um, yeah, I just, there's so many things, like I said, there's so many things that I could talk with you about forever. So <laughs> yeah. And I need to get on your, your book as well. Yeah, I would love it. <laughs> Mother Amy is always like, you need to go see Sydney. You need to go yes. see Sydney. I'm like, okay, Amy, I will. You know, yeah, we could all get together too. Me, you, Amy. I mean, I she's I feel like she's always busy nowadays. I just miss her. She's amazing. I know. I love her dearly. I know. <laughs> she is. Yeah. So I thank you so much for having me. Well, we, we're not done with you yet. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have some good questions for you that's going to go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, we're it's... not done yet. You can't leave this yet. Okay. Yeah, it is It is my time. My favorite part is Ooh. the deep dive five. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> deep dive just, five. Yep, five questions for you. And, you know, it doesn't have to be long answers. It could just be one word answer. Whatever, you know, resonates. Okay. That's completely fine. Uh, first question is, what is your heart's greatest wish? Mm. That I grow into my um, fullest expression. Love that. When do you feel or have you felt the most seen and heard in your life? Mm. I guess from sharing, sharing bits and pieces of myself um, with people and maybe even on social media, being vulnerable. Love that. Mm -hmm. What has been the best wisdom that you have received and lived by? I would say that that quote that I shared earlier that the most loving and compassionate people are those with the strictest boundaries. Yes, that is, I want to sit with that one. What's your favorite self-care and healing activity or practice? Hmm. Getting body work, getting a massage. Yes, human touch. Yeah, one of my favorites. And what do you believe happens when you die? Hmm. I don't know. I, that would be my answer. I don't know. That's a good yeah. one. That's a good question. Yeah. Those are really great questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. that's a good one. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Tracy Decker for those questions. <laughs> yeah. That is a real inspired. Struggle. Yeah, they're inspired by her. She's she's awesome as well. Yeah, so yay. Person. What's um, that? I, I said I was just gonna say that Tracy Decker is a behind the scenes 
Yes. Influence on the podcast. Mm. Shout out to the woman who gave me birth. <laughs> exactly. uh, well, thank you so much, Luann. Like I said, um, this was really exciting for me to have you on here and to connect in this way again. And just shout out to Amy McCormick too um, for bringing us together. And I just think that you're an amazing person. I really do. I think that what you're doing is really important right now, especially with what you're teaching and bringing and that um, just honestly, like what I feel like you do is just give people permission to be themselves and to figure out what their personal journey is. And then you're just like, yeah, we're doing this. And I love that because that is something that I resonate with and that I, I, we all got to do it our own way. And if we can help each other do it our own way, that's the way, you know, <laughs> like, so I just think that everything that you offer is awesome. And I totally encourage people to seek out your services and to look into like your apparel and different things that you're going to be doing in the future too. So yeah, check out Luann and we're going to put her stuff out there. And if anyone else wants to add anything. Yeah. I just want to add that. I second everything that Sydney said <laughs> echo because yeah, that was amazing. One of the most beautiful conversations I think that I've ever had and just eye opening things and just validation for so many things too, that I'm going through. So thank you so much for yeah. showing up here today. Yes. And thank you both. Thank you um, for sharing stories and even, you know, that's so healing for me to be able to tell a piece of my story and um, to re-experience it, right? Relive it as I'm telling it. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm very grateful. You're welcome. Well, thank you again, everyone, for listening and for showing up for these healing conversations. And we're looking forward to just creating more of these conversations and bringing more healing. And again, I'm just going to say, check out, wait, Luann, where can they find you on social media? Just at Luann, what is it? Yeah, it's an underscore and then Luann Swagger um, on my Instagram. That's okay. mainly where I market my classes. And then my website is yogaandtouch.com. Awesome. Perfect. I just want to make sure people hear you say it too. So yeah, please go and check her out. She will probably be on our podcast again in the near future. Aw, thank you. All right. Thanks very much. And hopefully we can get another um, meeting with you again sometime to uh, start, you know, talking about, I know Sydney has so many other questions, but we need to stop it right there. So we'll definitely have you on again. If you will have us, that would be awesome. And yeah. This is where we end it now, and um, we say goodbye, and Sydney I and, and I never know how to say goodbye, so we're just going to say goodbye. Bye. bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you would like to connect with Luann, you can find her on Instagram at underscore Luann Swagger, and you can email her at yogaandtouch.com. And thanks again for showing up and joining in on the conversation.